How embarrassing. I'm talking to myself again. Because, you know, like when you're at home and your parents are kind of there, or your family's there to be like, you're being a dick. But then when you move into a flatting situation, you kind of have to figure out for yourself if you're comfortable with your behaviour and how you act and interact with other people. Avocado on toast will act as your media breakfast, brunch, lunch and dinner. It's a show about millennials for every generation, taking and making conversations we've had at parties, with friends and with strangers into tangible discussions around wider, more socially impacting problems we face as students and young professionals. I'm your host Hazel Osborne and today's podcast is all about first flats. The scummy, the cold, the damp the decrepit. Sometimes the stress of finding a flat to live in outweighs the consideration of the place you're in fact planning on living for the next foreseeable future. With some of Aotearoa's major news media outlets writing stories with headlines like Wellington students at mercy of price gouges in desperate hunt for flats and flats inspected on government crackdown, it's no wonder that the first experience of flatting is a scummy one for the majority of students living here in Aotearoa. My two interviewees today, Jack and Anna, talked about their very first flats, learning to live with people, rowdy house parties, and how your first flat is potentially one of the most crucial learning experiences you will have in your late teens and early 20s. I not only interviewed two current students on their first experiences of flatting, but I in fact put out the call to my listeners, posing the question to you all, what advice would you give to someone looking for their first flat? And if you could describe your first flat with one word, what would that word be? As student accommodation dwindles and the election approaches, housing has rapidly become a topic of political contention. And with flat viewings that have turnouts larger than Trump's inauguration, it's no wonder students are forced to settle on flats that feel practically uninhabitable. Jack, my first interviewee for today's podcast, sat down with me in Mass University's library to discuss his first flat experience. Currently living with five women in the Wellington suburb of Mount Cook, Jack has always loved where he has lived. We chatted about student accommodation and the experiences you get from your first time living away from the parents, the flat hunt and the massive turnouts for flat viewings, and battling flat meals, a staple for him and his flatmates. I'm here with Jack. Um, he studies a Bachelor of Communications. Mm-hmm. We've been studying together for a couple of years now. Yeah. Uh, and today's episode is all about first flat experiences. Well, so I kind of just want to throw it out there. So where was your first flat? Um, so I, when I first moved to Wellington, I lived in the Cube. And that's kind of, um, the accommodation there is flat-like. So you get chucked into an apartment with three or five other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess you kind of call that as flatting. Um, but other than that, I live down the road further now and I live with six people. Yeah. I live with I live with five girls and by myself. <laughs> um what's that like? I it's great. I don't know how I got there. I don't know how it came about, but it's good. So you moved in there after your first year in the cube? Yeah. yeah. So what was the cube like? For me, it was good. I really enjoyed the cube. Like I um there was just so much going on and I just met so many people. Mm. I've heard a lot of stories from my friends that were there as well and they said they had a real shit time and mm. that sort of thing. But um, 
yeah, I loved it. I got to hang out with so many people and like the um, environment was so much better because it is like, they are like apartments. So you can kind of chill in the lounge room instead of a common room. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of way more interactive than a hostel where you just have one big room to hang out with everyone mm. and you make a bit more of a connection with more people. Yeah. Do you mm. reckon um, student accommodation can sometimes, especially when it's like single mm. kind of bedrooms and then with the common room, yeah. it can get kind of isolating? Yeah, definitely. And I think it, it definitely hinders your chance of meeting people. Not always, but um, it definitely doesn't help, I guess. Yeah. Mm. So with the cube, it was kind of nice because obviously you're from Hawke's Bay. Yeah. So <laughs> obviously, see, it's Tansen. So you came to Wellington and you had a few close friends, actually. Yeah. Which was really helpful. But do you think if you came to Wellington and you didn't really have anybody to kind of hang mm. out with or interact with, would that be quite hard living in student accommodation? Well, I only, going into the queue, I only knew one person. Oh, true. Um, and I didn't actually hang out with them that much at the queue either. So I did meet a lot of people by myself, but I definitely got like a wider spectrum of people because of the people that I didn't know. Do you think also with like flatting and being a student and obviously when you're a student and you live with people who are your friends mm. but like kind of have different friend circles as well, do you, yeah. get, you get to meet so many new people? Yeah, definitely. I think that's what is cool. What I've kind of worked out is first year you go into a hostel and you just have this massive, I don't know what you call it, like a big engulfment of people that you've met. Mm. And then second year is when you start flipping like, oh, I think it'd be really cool to live with these people mm. and it'd be cool to live with this person. You kind of get that. And then in your third year, you kind of work out how people work and who you suit living with. And you can kind of specialise it. Um, so it makes your environment a lot more friendly or productive or whatever you're looking for, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Were you... Because obviously I don't think you were affected by the renting crisis that we no, have. No, not, no. Because you could just renew your lease, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So have you seen any of your friends kind of go through that struggle and try um, to find a flat? Towards the beginning of this year, we had one person who lived on the couch for a week. Mm. Um, she'd been living there before we moved in. Um, and then I moved in and she was sleeping in my bed, so I had to kind of kick her out of my bed. <laughs> um, but she still lived on the couch for a oh, week. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get out, go home. Um, yeah, she loved it. She loved sleeping on. She, well, I don't know. If she loved sleeping on the couch, but I definitely know that she enjoyed staying at our house. Mm. Um, even though she didn't have a bedroom, and it, I don't think it affected her too much. We all hung out, and then we'd all go to bed at the same time, so it wouldn't be like a weird stagger. And she'd just stay on the couch. Everyone else would go to their beds, and she'd stay on the couch. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the only person that we've had that we, as a flat, have experienced with that. Mm. What was it like finding your first flat, like after the cube? Was it that was that hard? Because yes. obviously you guys were only just second mm. years, all students, and it looks a lot more handsome on your application to be like, oh, I'm a young professional, yeah. 23, yeah. working for insert big name business. Yeah, yeah. It was quite hard, um, and because there was two of us that went to Massey, there was three that went to or four that went to Vic. Mm. Um, so not That's only a big flat. yeah, not only having to look for a house, you have to look for a house that accommodates for both the two of us at Massey and the four of them at Vic. Mm. So you've got to find somewhere 
in between. Mm. Unfortunately, we didn't find something in between, but luckily, the Vic people had to walk 40 <laughs> we minutes, but we had to walk three minutes, so yeah. that was alright. Yeah, we probably, I probably looked at seven houses, seven mm. flats or apartments, and they all just had like an excessive amount of people visiting, and you'd go in and there'd be 30 other people in the house or the apartment and really able to yeah, see it and you're okay. awkwardly like discussing stuff between you and the landlord or the flat that's already in there and trying to get your your weight into them and give them a good word and that sort mm. of thing um but the flat that i found was very last minute um and we went to the viewing that day that we found it and we told him um look like we want the house we're super interested and he messaged us an hour later and said look like you can have it today if you want but you wow. you have to sign everything um and pay for it all by today um and we did we went out for lunch with him and did it all and then the same with this year i just messaged him and i said look like we are very keen to stay again this year mm. love the house that's the thing and he said um yeah all good as long as they're not six boys who are on the turps every weekend I sent them all the CVs, and he's like, oh, they're all girls. Yeah. And I was like, yep, yep. Yep, that's yep. right. Yep, sure am. <laughs> Me and all these girls. Yeah. So you, um, you cook as a flat. Yes, right? yeah. So that's something that's a little bit different. Not yeah. everybody cooks as a flat. Last year we didn't cook as a flat. Um, we looked, there was three vegetarians, and then one person was very fussy. And then there was the two of us um, that just... Well, fine with yeah. So it kind of worked, and we all had to wait and take turns in the kitchen, which was kind of annoying. But this year, flat cooking works so well. Um, we're all at Massey, the six of us at Massey, and um, three of them are nurses, so they're on placement at the moment. So they might have a morning shift, afternoon shift, or like a night shift from 12 to 7. But it still works. Like, you just chuck their food in the fridge, and they come home and heat eat it, it up. Yeah, eat it when they want to. And it's so much easier as well because you pay for one meal and that's it. Mm. You just spend money on one food and then you eat one meal and then you get five other meals for free. Yeah. Yeah. You just buy the groceries required for um, that meal that you're cooking for the amount yeah. of people. Yeah. And then just you're all good and just yeah. buy your like uni snacks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty nice. That's so easy. Have you guys ever had like any crazy parties? Um. Yes. Do you want to tell me about it? <laughs> yes. Um, we. <laughs> Had also where was my <laughs> <laughs> We had an anti ball, um, because the ball we thought might was a bit too expensive for us as a Was flight. that this year or last yeah, year? Yeah, this year. Um so we decide we'd um dress up and go out for dinner, get oh, on the rack for dinner, yeah. and then come home and have a party at our house. We did and it was just crazy and there so many people there and then everyone kinda of left and it was just our flat and then all these a couple of random people and they thought that we didn't live there and they're like oh it's okay you can drink with us if you want and we're like we live here this is our house oh my god get out of our house but, um, <laughs> yeah it's, it's so strange and um but oh, we haven't had too much trouble yeah oh, okay yeah that's good and it's quite hard because in wellington all the houses are quite um close together yeah especially like in like the city in residential yeah. areas as well it's and all like quite close with the have you ever had noise control on you not noise control that's good um just angry neighbors <laughs> bang 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 yeah and they said we tried to come over three times and never got an answer which i don't recall but um yeah and then the land we talked to the landlord and he said like he gets a bit of um gets a bit of a push from the neighbours but he doesn't really care that much yeah yeah I think we've been quite fortunate as well because the rent hasn't been too much mm. um it's been quite 
Chapping Pay 165 each just for the rent. It's five rooms with a sunroom, but we rent out the sunroom yeah. illegally. Um, so they just pay about $100, and yeah. then that pays for like all our Wi Fi and power and stuff. Yeah. Which is super sick. So we How big is the sunroom? It's like, it's definitely smaller than this room. For um, real? It's probably like two meters, two meters cubed. That's crazy. Maybe three, four meters cubed or something. Yeah, like. yeah. So it's not too big, um, but it's it's really cozy because it's, it's a sun room, sun years all yeah. the time. Um, Do they just have a single bed? And no, they have a double bed. They have a double bed in there and then they just have all their clothes out in the like, cubby holes or whatever. Oh, okay. And then, um, yeah, and that's where we have. But I love it. Her, Lauren, who lives in there, she loves it, absolutely loves it. Do you quite like living in a flat that you feel really comfortable in? And yeah, yeah, definitely. Does it feel kind of like a flat family almost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're so um, like connected at the moment. It's ridiculous. Mm. I didn't know it would happen either. Like, two of the people that we lived with happened last minute. And that was cool. Um, were they people that you knew? Not really. Like, I'd known of them, but I didn't know them that well. Mm. And they came in and they just slotted in perfectly. And it just, um, everyone just gets along so well. And we all, we're all really weird as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Works, I guess, yeah. Is it quite, a, like, that's quite important to you, is feeling, like, happy? And, yeah. yeah. It just makes the environment so much more enjoyable as well. Yeah. And like quite often, like all my friends outside of my flat, they all say like, oh my flat's cold and it's annoying and mm. no one hangs out. Like we hang out 24 seven. If one person in the lounge room, everyone comes out to the lounge room. Mm. Um, if everyone's in the lounge room at night time, people like get out of their bed and come and talk mm. just cause they feel like FOMO. Mm -hmm. So much FOMO in our house. Um, and then we all like, if someone's down, like, we're all, like, you can do it, like, you're way better, and, like, if someone has, like, boyfriend troubles, like, it's like, you're better than that, and it's, like, so much shouting, so much, yeah. like, positive shouting, it's so weird. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. And we eat heaps, eat so much. I asked a few of my listeners to describe their first flats in one word. There are a few recorded here, but mainly you guys commented on my Facebook page, Avocado on Toast dash podcast, and this is what you all had to say. I think fucking awesome. Suffering, homely, torment. Chaotic. Purple, dusty, overcrowded, droughty, condemned, lit. Mental. Damp, dope, noisy, dank, putrid, quirky, drunk. Drunkenly nihilistic. My next guest on the podcast today is Anna, one of my very first flatmates. Anna and I sat down to talk everything there is about a first flat and all of the experiences that come along with it, both negative and positive. Anna and I ultimately came to the conclusion that the first flat is one of the biggest learning experiences that we will have in our young lives. We also discussed the roles in which tenants and landlords are responsible to fill, flatting in the city our parents live in, mold in curious places, yuck, and how living with people will never be easy, but it will definitely be interesting. I'm here with Anna Higgins today. Do you want to talk about our first flat and what that, that experience like? Well, yeah, it was kind of like jumping in the deep end, really. I wasn't mm. like necessarily prepared to move out of home. I felt like I couldn't afford it because, as we all know, the student living costs aren't adequate. Mm. I didn't really have a job at the time because I was focused on my studies. But um, we managed to find a place... 
and it was <laughs> not really what we were after. It was um, a literal shack on Wallace yeah. Street. But um, it's like you go down Wallace Street, <laughs> and there are all these beautiful houses, yeah. and then you turn to the right, and there was the shack, and it yeah. was like this yellow, like aluminium framed. Yeah, if you want to find it, um, next time you go down Wallace Street, just look for the worst house on the street, and uh, that was ours. <laughs> We, we talked about how, in the end, it's actually, like, quite rewarding. Like, yeah. our first flat experience. Kind of like with everything, when you jump in the deep end and, like, put yourself outside your comfort zone. As much as I hate doing it, you do learn a lot. So when you were first thinking about moving out, like, what were the first things that you started to consider? Like, what were on the top of your yeah. list? Well, very top of the priority list was kind of, like, affordability and proximity to uni. Because mm. I lived in Wadestown with my parents, and... Because, yeah, I get quite a lot of the time people being like, oh, if you're from Wellington, why'd you move out? I get it all the time, too. Yeah, and um, it's because, like, Wadestown is across town and you'd have to get two buses, which costs, like, $8 one way. Mm. And then, like, I was staying at uni till 11 o'clock when you get kicked out and then I'd be walking down to Courtney Place and getting the bus home or getting my parents to pick me up. So Mm. it's just like, you know, flatting is a good experience. My parents were keen for me to give it a go get out of home um, your mum especially <laughs> yeah yeah we decorated my room as soon as I moved out but um I think it's quite interesting we'll just jump back to the fact that people why do you flat if you yeah. like are from Wellington because I get that all the time as well yeah but I think when we were looking at moving out because my other interview on the podcast today is he's a guy who's from the Hawke's Bay right and so obviously like he has to find a flat yeah you know People consider, like, our living conditions, like, we don't have to be living in a flat. We don't Mm. have to pay rent. But it's like, well, I think sometimes you actually need this experience and you need to, like, learn how to live with people. And when when you're a student and when you kind of have the freedom to make mistakes and be a little bit stupid and Mm. be young and dumb, like we always like to say. Yeah, because I always, like, at the time, I was kind of like, oh, how dare my parents kick me out of home? <laughs> they, don't, they don't understand me, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But um, I've, like... Angsty, 19-year-old. Yeah, classic angsty 19-year-old. But I kind of realised, like, I have learned so much about myself and, like, becoming responsible and just a lot more confidence in myself. Yeah, yeah. I remember being at high school and being like, mm, as soon as I leave school and turn 18, I'm moving out of home. Mm. And then I was like, hold on a minute. I don't have a job or any money <laughs> or any experience. Yeah. Um, I can't remember where this is from, but a guy was saying that he, if it came down to it, he would be more likely to employ someone that is living out of home, mm. just because he thinks that the experience you get from that kind of shows that you have a bit more drive, mm. whether that's necessarily true or not is a different story. But also just like kind of having something on the line in the sense that if you don't turn up to work, you don't get that pay and then you can't pay your rent. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah. And like it brings the aspect of responsibility into play mm. because obviously as somebody who is living out of home paying bills paying rent yeah buying groceries hopefully like maintaining to a certain degree like a healthy like lifestyle so i mean that comes into play as well like when you move into your first flat and like how you cook for mm. yourself my mum is trained as a chef so like <laughs> me stepping away from that and moving into my first flat where i cook for myself also like a healthy chef as well <laughs> yeah, like she loves to very cook. health conscious yeah was a rude awakening. <laughs> My own cooking is not crash hot. Oh, cooking is a huge thing. Yeah, because that's kind of like, you know, you're super busy with uni or like hand and weeks are an absolute like bitch. Nightmare, yeah. 
and then you'd get home and you'd be like, fuck, it's my night to cook. Or I, I remember like having to rush home from uni and like quickly cook something for you guys and then rush back. Or what would happen is I'd just like come home and be like, fuck it, I'll just buy pizzas for everyone because like, mm. I just don't have time for this. And mm-hmm. then like hand and week, sleep deprived, you're stressed out, you're eating badly, like, yeah. It you don't want to have to, yeah, you don't want to have to think about, it's, it's kind of selfish, but I think it's also uh, like a learning curve. Mm. Like you don't want to have to think about other people's schedules until yeah. you maybe have a more defined schedule because when you're a student anything goes yeah you know you have the craziest kind of timetable like it's a literal mess yeah and so you'll be doing like really long nights really early yeah. mornings or you'll be sleeping until like yeah like Sleep 12 and then and going to like before. yeah exactly and so, and so like that kind of routine just doesn't work with like a symbiotic flat environment mm cooking for each other and stuff like that yeah because some flats don't even have um cleaning rosters i don't actually have a cleaning roster at my current flat we have a cleaning roster that we ignored also um we talked on the live show before about like learning to live with people because that i think rosters mm-hmm. and learning how other people live their lives is a, a huge part of getting to getting to know the flatmates you're living with yeah and getting used to living with people who are near strangers because we we moved in with um two months of friendship un- under our belts yeah right yeah and it was mostly intoxicated friendship yeah yeah which is fun yeah but then you're like well how's this person going to be like at 11 p.m after they've had a shower and it's been a long day at uni yeah you know exactly it could have been really hit or miss and it kind of it was it worked out really well yeah very lucky because yeah as you were saying earlier your first flatting situation really defines how you see flatting going forward. Mm. It kind of sets the bar, and like if you have a good experience or a bad experience, and like knowing what you can tolerate and what you can't, what's acceptable and what's not. For sure. Yeah. I know people who have had really bad first flat experiences, mm. and so they've been a lot, like, a lot more cautious yeah. entering into flatting experiences because they're like, well, I know what a person's capable of, and I didn't like what I yeah. experienced then. And so it kind of puts, like, a negative spin on it, yeah. almost. because when you moved out and we were looking at getting a new flatmate, we were kind of tossing up, like, the devil you know or the devil you don't. Like, yeah. people that you know and you're kind of like, oh, but would she really be all good, like, yeah. living with them? Or, like, would he be all right? Then if you get someone that's a complete stranger of thick deals, mm. then it's like, you have no idea. Because when we were filling my old sleep out... Um, because it cost, it's $140 rent. So mm, which like is pretty good. Pretty affordable, but I mean, it is a shit shag. Yeah. Sleep out. It's drafty as hell. Yeah. But, um, you know, putting that out on Vic Deals, looking for people to take it up because of the low rent and the fact that it's a single room separate from the house, we got some weird people hitting us up. Mm. Like, 40-year-old guys working in construction being like, oh, yeah, this will be perfect for me. And we're kind of like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. But even people that, like, seem like they'd be perfect, one girl, like, organised for her to come view it. And, I don't know, maybe this is just the norm, but she rocked up, um, she'd been pre-drinking, rocked up to our flat with six of her, on a, three of her friends. Oh, my gosh. And, like, just giggled and laughed at me as I was, like, trying to show them around. <laughs> and then, like, wanted us to, like, sort all this stuff out for her. And I was just kind of like, oh. Yeah, I don't even know. I think she maybe went to Massey or something, but I think she yeah. just wanted it for the summer and, like... She just had all these like weird things that she wanted us to do so that it would become easier for her to move in. And, what like, were some of the weird things that she was like, Just like, because we had another girl that we wanted, my current flatmate, she wanted to take it for the year but couldn't get out of her temporary lease that she had. Mm. So this girl was going to move in temporarily over the summer 
but then she wanted to like swap with our existing flatmates and then swap flats but like my flatmate would pay her rent and the other girls rent and just like oh what she like had this plan all mapped out but we were kind of like yeah no that doesn't work for us and yeah then she was just like <laughs> really pushy like messaging me being like is this gonna work is this gonna work probably because it was like an amazing deal for her yeah but we were like mm, sorry no, no. <laughs> it's like stop messaging me yeah but yeah, you could just see like the sh- sheer volume of people that were looking for flats. Like I got, you know, twenty plus messages in the first night of people like desperate for a room. Because yeah. yeah. I have I have a friend who's based in Wellington, and she um, she just wants to move out of her parents' home for the summer and then move back home at the end of summer just so she can have that like summer party experience. Who's that? Val. Oh really? Yeah, that's what she likes to do. Her and her boyfriend. I didn't know that they did that. Yeah, she's still at home. That's funny. Yeah. I kind of knew that I was an asshole. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I knew that I was really, like, I think I can only say that in retrospect that I knew. But maybe at the time I just was so oblivious to my own actions. I think it's like an age thing. For sure. Like, predominantly. I mean, I'm always having this, like, thing where I flip-flop between, like, wow, I'm the worst person I know and, like, oh, I'm not too bad. Mm. And Mm. I feel like that definitely comes through in flatting. Mm. Yeah, you have to figure out, like... Because, you know, like, when you're at home and your parents are kind of there, or your family's there to be, like, you're being a dick. But then when you move into a flatting situation, you kind of have to figure out for yourself if you're comfortable with your behaviour and how you act and interact with other people. Mm, For sure. Because it's like, that wasn't right. That yeah. wasn't okay. You forgot to clean the bathroom three weeks in a row. Who the hell do you think you are? Mm. But then when you're a kid, you you don't you get kind of yelled at by your parents, but there's no serious repercussions. Yeah, and then also, I think when you're living, you're so much more conscious of the people that you're living with. Yeah, definitely. Because I moved home um, last summer for mm, the summer. That's right. And then I moved back out, living at home again. I was just so much more aware of my duties as mm. like a housemate and yeah. what I needed to do to be considerate. Like I would do the dishes all the time, I'd offer to cook all the time. Yeah. And my my parents were like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Like <laughs> how did you yeah, new year new you. <laughs> and I like came into the situation they're like, "Wow, okay, you've learned a lot." Mm-hmm. And I kind of didn't realize that I had. Yeah. But since you've been put into this situation where you have to or you yeah. sink, it's mm. just, it's, yeah, fight or flight, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know maybe you and I sound like assholes not cleaning the bathroom three mm. weeks in a row. But then when you put it in context and we'd probably had lots of sleepless nights with uni mm. and like figuring things out, you know, trying to find part time jobs, working extra hours and things, like, it's not that we. Or any students are, like, purposely trying to, you know, be messy or be a pain. It's just, like, sometimes you just genuinely can't get to it all. And I think that's really important to consider, like, what we were talking about on the live show Mm. with that article that Stuff had published about landlords criticising the way students live in their houses. Yeah. It's like, landlords don't consider the fact that students are still learning how to live in a house by themselves. Yeah. And that they have picked up a toolkit from their parents and we've watched we've watched our mums put on the dehumidifier and get yeah. an old towel to the windows, you know, for the condensation. But yeah, we are still learning. Yeah. And we're not gonna be completely perfect straight no. out. And it's their responsibility if they're renting their houses out to students. Like if they don't want their houses to be in these conditions, mm-hmm. then they should either take action or they should specify that they're looking for young professionals or something yeah. like that because I, I do I have heard of like a few landlords that do provide dehumidifiers and like suggest like maybe you should get some damp red or like you know it's really mm. good to air out the house and stuff mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, whereas a lot of people um, have to go online and find these resources yeah. themselves, which is obviously perfectly fine and we're yeah. capable of that. But I feel like it just should be a little bit more accessible because quality of life can be diminished so significantly totally. when you're like, waking up and turning to the side and your bedside table's covered in mould. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's happened to me and my flatmate. Yeah. You and we're just your, like... <laughs> yeah, you move your bed to, like, do the vacuuming properly. <clears> yeah. Just like, but, yeah, with landlords and tenants and stuff, I feel like it needs to be seen as more of a collaboration. Like, that person owns that house, so therefore they want it to be in a particular way, and mm. you live in that house, and you want it to be in a particular mm. way, and you kind of have to come up with a solution to how you can both get it to that standard because like landlords don't want gross mouldy houses but neither do the tenants Mm. it's like instead of playing their blame game it's Mm. kind of everybody should take on the responsibility of the home that they're living in for sure people don't understand that when you move into your first flat it's like this is a big responsibility and living living in those conditions is the norm for students these days and it definitely well yeah it definitely does impact your mental health, which you've kind of covered quite a bit in your podcasts, but also just, like, physical health. Mm. Um, I have eczema, and, I mean, I can't exactly pinpoint it, but I'm pretty sure from doctor's visits and their suggestions that it's the damp environment and dustiness and things that really does trigger it. Mm. Yeah. I think that for sure, because your eczema got quite, like, bad once Mm. we moved in. Yeah, like, last year in particular... I had a massive flare-up, and that was, like, a particularly cold and damp winter. Mm. Um, and there's no escaping it as well, because that's no. where you live. Yeah, exactly. Like you, that's where your things are. That's what your home base is. Yeah. And if there's no other alternative, how are you supposed to look after your health? And also, you do a very um, high-intensity degree, because you're in, now in your honours year of a photography yeah. degree, which is insane the workload that's required a lot of work so like the stress levels are through the roof Mm -hmm. just like the hail that comes through the roof too (laughs) yeah so so it's just like well how are we gonna how are we gonna balance all these different elements in our lives yeah like this year is the first year that i've had literal sleepless nights from study and stuff and then yeah because obviously at the end of this year we are hoping to move out of um the flat that we're in at the moment my first flat and then just, like, the idea of having to come up with bond and just, like, actually moving, packing up, finding a new place, getting to know the landlord, sorting out transport and stuff. Mm. Um, also a big stressor. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a big stressor for people initially when they're moving from the halls into mm. a new flat too. Because yeah. they've, I think people who are from Wellington, like, we're kind of lucky in that we know the areas. But say if you were, like in the halls and you're like coming out and you're like well I want to I want to live in um I don't know Arrow Valley because it seems cool yeah you know but then you you aren't aware of that maybe it's a bit a bit of a risky suburb to live in or mm. it's a bit damp the houses aren't looked after as well as other yeah. suburbs yeah so it kind of comes down to maybe knowing your stuff yeah and like being able to utilize the online resources and yeah. figure out where's best for you because who does that come down to is that like a person's responsibility to figure it out or like should the council be helping out with that yeah universities because you know you don't know what you don't know mm. i yeah. think i think it probably falls on a lot of people like everybody's shoulders yeah but probably less so on the people who are looking to rent they shouldn't be mm. they shouldn't be like sourcing the data yeah like it shouldn't be students being like 
posting online on big deals. Do not rent from this house. Yeah, yeah. You know, because that happens all the time as well. Yeah, there's like a few tenancy companies that I've like heard of. That, yeah. You know, people are like do not. Yeah, and it's been yeah, people. and it's been hard to get bond back and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's about knowing where you want to live and hopefully like making the right call, but sometimes you don't. Yeah. And that's where you learn. That's where you learn. <laughs> I definitely learnt with my last flat, but our landlord was really kind. And he yeah. realised he was putting us through hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was basically like, hi, we are moving out. We had no contract signed properly. We require our bond back. We haven't received, like, a lodged bond um, mm. form from the bond agency. So, therefore, we understand it should be sitting in your account somewhere. Yeah. We require it back at this point in time. Yeah. Yours sincerely, all of the flat. Because I was the head tenant there. Yeah. And so I just, like, sent off this, like, big email. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and I, like... I reference like the Tenancy Act, like yeah. 1996 or whatever, and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with me. Yeah, no, exactly. I had to go like Terminator on them. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like some people might not necessarily know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So and I think it's because I had the experience mm. in the other flat. Yeah. To be able to be like, okay, well, I know my rights as a renter. Yeah. And as a student, so like I'm gonna I'm gonna exert my rights. Yeah. But some people are too timid to. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, generally in your first flat, you're quite young. And just, like, part of being young is not really knowing when to stand your ground and when you can. Mm. So, yeah, it can be difficult. Especially because some people would take advantage of that. Mm. Yeah. And it's, like, it's important that they don't. But we can't, we can't be, like, everybody's perfect. Yeah, we can't be naive. I collected some pearls of wisdom from my listeners, as I mentioned before, posing the question, if there was one bit of advice you would give to people looking for their first flat, what would that advice be? And I picked out my top favourites. So number one, always view the flat first and never believe what is being advertised. The pictures can and most definitely will deceive you. Number two, trust your gut instincts. If something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Number three, my immediate thought was lower your expectations, but that's pretty depressing. <laughs> Number four, choose somewhere sunny. It makes the world of difference. Number five, always check water pressure. Always. Number six, above all else, do it with people you know or trust are reliable. Too many people get screwed over. And finally, number seven, don't settle because there's better flats out there. And ask flat out about insulation. If the landlord can't give you a straight answer, then, and I'm going to swear here just as a warning, get the fuck out. I think this last answer really spoke to me. As somebody who has lived in houses riddled with mould and damp most of my tertiary career, I think the most important tip for those looking to go flatting for the first time is to ask questions of the landlord and to hold them accountable for the living conditions they put students in. Way too often are students put into compromising living conditions because of the urgency in which accommodation is needed and the standard in which our houses are being rented in. We understand that this is a two-way street, but the pressure students feel, the pressure to jump on board as soon as they land a house, due to the state of the renting crisis we are facing in New Zealand currently, just isn't good enough. I'm your host, Hazel Osborne, and thanks for listening to Avocado on Toast. Check out the Avocado on Toast Instagram, at Avocado on Toast Pod, 
to see behind-the-scenes pictures and stories of the production of the podcast. And don't forget to leave comments and feedback so I can message you back. You can also find my blog at avo-ontoast.blogspot.co.nz and don't forget to subscribe to my channel here if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud and you'll hear me next week. Describe your flooding experience in one or two words. Drunkenly nihilistic. <laughs>